What is up, everyone? What is good? My name is Taylor Shapiro. I'm Kane Rosenquist. And welcome to Cheers, Cheers to, to That. that. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about a little bit about me and Kane, just our background, what we've been through, how we got here, and what our goal is for this podcast. Yeah, we basically want to set the tone for this year and this podcast, basically the 411 of all the ins and outs of cheerleading. So let's get started. So Kane, where are you from? I'm from the smallest place you can imagine, Milford, Delaware. I don't think I have a single friend that's ever been there. It's a cute little small state on the East Coast, mostly by Maryland, born and raised. So where did you originally cheer? I first started at this gym called Coastal Magic. Oh my goodness, like... Coastal Magic. Yeah, girl. <laughs> pink, black, like, you know, the regular colors. But, like, baby pink or, like, the hot pink? The hottest pink you could think of. Oh, we love that. The pink I needed to realize that I love cheerleading, basically. <laughs> I started when I was six years old. Um, basically started in the front lawn, doing the cartwheels. My mom's friend owned a gym. I got into a tumbling class, started learning literally the cartwheel with the handprints on the floor, down the cheese mat. You name it, I started it. And I was at that gym for like five years. I ended up moving eventually to a couple better gyms. I basically would like hop around. I would do this gym and then I would move to another gym another season after because there would be gyms in Delaware that they wouldn't stay long. They wouldn't, they so wouldn't they would be just open. like open and close. Yes, open and close. And I'm like, okay, on to the next one, on to the next one. Um, I eventually ended up at Maryland Twisters. That was like my next big move. And that was kind of where I really sprouted in cheerleading and really found the love for the sport and then a couple years later I moved to Miami I'm here today and how many how many years were you at Maryland Twisters? I was at Maryland Twisters for four years very cool yes before you moved to Miami correct correct I moved to Miami in 2017 the summer of 2017 and I've been here since so yeah and now he's here with me yes Stuck here with me. Stuck, stuck, stuck. Um, so where did you start cheerleading at? I am originally from, again, a really small town. <laughs> one of the most random states that you can think of. I am from a small town called Granger, Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started at Ice All-Stars, which originally started in Indiana. I ended up actually leaving Ice for a very short amount of time. I was maybe gone six months and I went to a gym in Illinois because they actually had a junior five team right they ended up closing with some crazy crazy madness and Darlene Fanning actually took over that gym which was a blessing at at that time because there was 14 teams and she took on all 14 yes. and, and ran with it so it was like I never really left right um, I ended up being there for 11 years a really long time wow. before I moved to Top Gun which is also... It's interesting to see how some people stay at either one gym for a couple years or they stay there for basically their whole lifetime and there's just that one year that they choose to move and choose to decide it just may not be the place for you and it's time to go somewhere else. I think it's interesting how people either stay at a gym for years and years and even still to this day are at that gym and they finish their careers at that gym or they, just like me, move around, hop around. I was literally at probably like seven different gyms before I even moved to Miami. Yeah. Some of them I don't even need to name just because they were just a quick season. A quick, quick season, little... yes. And it's actually a quick funny story, speaking of Taylor's little background. I basically knew Taylor, or this is how it works in the cheerleading world. If you really love it that much, you kind of watch teams enough, and you start to see the people, you see the familiar faces. And I knew Taylor back when, like, 2013, I watched her at the cheerleading world. She had no idea who I was, but I was absolutely watching her. I'm like... I'm obsessed with this girl. I need to be friends with her. She probably has no idea who I am, but I'm going to know her one day. And it's crazy how how small the cheer world really is. It is a big place, but when you're that in it and you're on teams that are good enough to make it to world and to make it to day two and to make the top 10, you get to see these people and then you never realize that you make an impact, and then all of a sudden you end up on a team together, and yes. then now we're here. Just like, like we, that. He told me back in 2017, yes. before our season started on large co-ed, he's like, I remember Sis, you. I loved you. Like, <laughs> I was into you. 
Which is, it's so crazy to think about how small it is because you think, oh, you would never think, oh, watching her back in 2013 that we would now be on a team together, together, living together, and now coaching together, doing choreo together, living life together. It's really, really crazy. And it's such a blessing that we were able to live life like that. Yes. Absolutely. How many teams were you on? At Maryland Twisters, um, I was only on one each season. I never did more than one. But when I was at like the Coastal Magic back when I started, I was probably on three or four different teams trying to get as many levels in as I could. Absolutely, I'm learning like the back handspring, the tuck, the layout. I'm teaching all myself all these things, and suddenly they're putting me on level two, level three, level four, and I was living for it. I mean, I'm seven years old, so my body is capable of doing all these teams. You're but unstoppable. At absolutely, time. I wanted to keep going. I wanted to have practice three, four times a day. Um, I know that you said you also did kind of the same thing. You were on lots of teams at Yeah, a at time. ICE, I was on more teams that I could count and to keep track of. I did every single level, and I did the dance team. I did individual, dance individual, and, of course, every team had a different uniform. So I was running from the backstage into the warm-up room with my mom to change my uniform, to go back onto that team with not even warming up with that team, it's, going to the dance team and coming back. It's it pure was, madness. It's craziness. It was, and most gyms really aren't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some gyms that do double team, but not to the point where you're on five, six teams because back then it was a free-for-all. Right. There were now no there's rules. obviously so many rules where you can only be on a certain amount of teams. But at Maryland Twisters, what team did you start off with and what team did you end with? So when I first got there, um, I was hoping to make Rain, which was the medium co-ed team. And I was 13. I was probably the size of my right pinky. I basically had self-taught all my tumbling skills. So I, I pull up there and I'm thinking I'm about to make this medium co-ed team. I ended up making the junior level five team, which was Supercells. And that was like a, a world-renowned team. Absolutely. World I used to before. love Love that routine and love those teams for years and years and years. And yes. I watched them. Yes. So I probably knew who Kane was, just never really <laughs> paid attention that that closely. So I was on Supercells on the Junior Co-Ed 5, and they put me as an alternate on Rain, And that was my first experience as being an alternate. And I think that was a really changing experience for me. At first, I was super upset. But now I look back on it like I'm so glad that I had that to have something to look forward and work towards. Um, so I was on Supercells Junior Co-Ed 5. We did really well that season. It was That was an awesome experience for me, just being at a new, like, world-renowned gym and getting, like, a full season experience just because in Delaware I wasn't able to get that. And it's nothing against Delaware. It was just the opportunities were not there. And that's when I knew I needed to move to a different gym. So I was on Supercells, and then I ended up making Rain, and I was on that team for three years. That Those were some of the best seasons of my life as well. We did... Um, we ended up getting second at the Cheerleading Worlds. That was the first time the team had ever done that that well. And I was on that team. And then. That team was really sickening, by the way. 2016 was 2016 a great was my favorite year. The battle of Look the medium co ed teams. Yes. To sit there in the crowd and watch that. Yes. That entire division. And it was like late. They competed super late in the evening, and all of them were back to back. It was. It was absolutely insane. The season after my last season on Rain, I decided, oh, you know, I just want to do high school. I'm not going to do cheer this year. So I took the year off. I was a senior in high school. Um, April came comes around, and I realized that I needed to get back into it for world season. You know how it is. Everyone wants to just hop on a team when it comes time to worlds. I hope this is still recording. We're good. We're still All recording. Good. We're still here. My so computer turned off. Was a little nervous. Here we go. We are back. Here we go. We're back. <laughs> so it's April. I'm a senior in high school. I decided, no, I need to get on a world team. Everyone does it. Like, I'm going to hop on a team. So I ended up getting on a small co-ed five team from the Virginia location. I was driving three and a half hours one way by myself just to be on this team, just to go to Worlds because... By himself. That's how much we love Driving by himself. Oh, I was leaving school early, leaving class early just to get to practice, maybe on time. And I finished my senior year of high school on this team, Maryland Twisters Blackout. Once again, another great experience. Met some of the best people. Like, it was an awesome time. And then I moved to Miami. And then I was on Top Gun Large Co-Ed. I was only on that for one season. That's where I met my best friend, Taylor Shapiro. Here I am. Here she is. <laughs> First start with, what was the difference between Maryland Twisters and Top Gun? And obviously those are two great programs within their own. 
and in two different places and there's there's obviously things that stand out to you i think right from the jump it was the difference was the gym's intentions and what their true the true meaning of the program is and i think um at maryland twisters there was very cutthroat like you are here to do this job that job only you come here you leave and that's about it and like she said there's nothing nothing wrong against that program or anything but coming to top gun it was let's talk about what family is let's really realize the true purpose and meaning of how we're going to be great and that is family that is relationships with each other with coaches with athletes and just I think being here and everyone being here and not having to drive, you know, two hours away, mostly everyone that lives here at Top Gun is around. The area lives 20 minutes away and doesn't usually travel that far. So being all around each other, for me, showed me the true aspect of like a family relationship in the gym. The, the coaches and the staff at the gym really showed me what it's like to stay loyal to a program. I mean, everyone that basically works here at Top Gun has been in the program for years, lots and lots of years. Mm-hmm. And you don't go anywhere. Absolutely. So for me, that just shot something in me that I love. The family aspect, I'm going to keep saying it. I mean, once family, always a family. It's a true meaning in this gym. And I, I, I love that more than anything in the world. I think that's the biggest change for me. Obviously, other changes like physically moving to Miami and the culture and the weather and all that was interesting. But for me, it was just what's genuinely different about this gym compared to this gym? What am I going to get out of this experience of just this one season? Even if I only am an athlete for one season at Top Gun, what's going to be different? And I really think it was the, the unity of the gym that was different for me. So you moved all the way from Indiana, but you moved here at a young age, correct? Yes. How did I that moved, start? Yeah, I moved here at 15. That was an amazing experience. I will never look back. It was probably one of the best choices I ever made. Being at that program or being at ICE for so long taught me everything I know about being an athlete and mm-hmm. being hardcore like you said i think all cheerleading up north is cutthroat hardcore it is cheer you are there to hit your stuff and leave and then get out like that's it yep being on the teams that i was on helped me build the kind of athlete that i am and the coach that i had really taught me everything yes how to be hard working really grind it out a hard working athlete a motivated athlete and i will never deny what that gym taught me absolutely I was on Lady Lightning from 2013 to 2014, and when I had won, which was the first time that ICE in any location had ever won gold, which yes. was a big deal, I thought that that was, that was me giving back and it was time for me to go. Yes. Moving to Top Gun was always been my dream since I was six years old until I found out what Top Gun was, looking it up on YouTube. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on Large Code. I wanted to not even just be on Large Code, just be a part of what Top Gun is. I've known nothing but Top Gun. My uh, choreographer for years was a coach at Top Gun, and he's the one that instilled in me what it's like to be a Top Gun athlete and a Top Gun coach, and I just wanted to be like him. I just wanted to be in his shoes at all times. So in 2014... It was a rough year for me with not even just cheer, just life. And I was going through a lot and changing as a person and trying to find who I was. And Miami and moving to Top Gun was it for me. I originally, we had won Worlds and I had quit. Yes. I had quit cheer. This was, I didn't want to do this anymore. It was time to move on, time to go to high school. It's that burnout phase that almost needs to happen in your cheer season or career for you to really appreciate it. I was burnt out. I was burnt out physically, emotionally, mentally, and I had the opportunity to try out, made a tryout video. Two weeks later, I'm moving to Miami, and I never looked back. Now, did you think that would be happening so fast? I mean, I remember also wanting to come to Top Gun, but mom or dad is always saying, no, absolutely not. Like, you need to wait until you're much older, until that's actually an option. I mean, with different families, it's different whether you're allowed to just pick up and move, and specifically at 15, like, did you think that would be happening at that age? No. I never thought that my mom or my dad would let me actually move by myself. Yeah, I was mad at my mom because she (laughs) wouldn't let me go, and I begged, and I begged, and I begged, and I think it made it a little easier. My sister was actually in school in Fort Lauderdale, which is only like an hour from where we live, and I think that it made the transition a little bit easier and made her feel a little bit more comfortable. But Top Gun, 
has this way of trust in in the coaches and in the owners to send your children at any age and know that they're going to be taken care of and that's exactly what I what I was I was taken care of here and that's something like Kane just said once a family always a family the moment you move down to Miami you are a part of the family and we are going to take care of you doesn't matter who you are Absolutely. doesn't matter what team you're on uh, my mom was very upset I mean, who lets their 15-year-old right, like, move You got move it, sweetie. The... <laughs> Good luck. Loving you. My mom cried and cried. She's probably going to hate me. Hey, mom. <laughs> hey, girl. What's up, Nat? Loving you, Nat. <laughs> Loving you. Thank you for letting <laughs> me do this and getting me here. But yeah, I think the trust she had in me and the trust she had in Top Gun and knowing that I was going to be taken care of made that a little bit easier. And right. I was... A weekend and I told her I was like I'm never moving home no and even when I would fly home she'd be like are you sure you want to go back I'm like yeah girl I'm <laughs> going back home and she'd be like this is your home I'm like oh not anymore <laughs> yeah it's so funny because me and Taylor both we kind of we will go home for the holidays we might go home for the brothers B day other than that we're not stopping by home like we're stuck here this is where we want to be like we don't go home probably as much as we should <laughs> right but we still go home for holidays and we make it home to yes. you know see the family and hang out with them. Yes. But this is our place now. And when you move down here and you found a place that you're appreciated in every aspect and appreciated not just for the cheerleader that you are, but for the person that you are is like any is like any other gym or place or workplace that you could be. Yes. That's one of the things that separates Top Gun from everywhere else. Yes. The once a family, always a family. I mean, people get that stuff tattooed on them. Like, Absolutely. I'm about to get my tattoo Absolutely. in a few weeks. Like, it's, it's like a cult. <laughs> I'm going to be real with y'all. She's going to say it. It's a cult. I said it. We're stuck. You come here and you never go home. And my brother even said it one day. This was actually very recently. And he was like, I feel like that's a cult. <laughs> like you went there and you never came back. And you back, never came back. And you like talk about that place like... It's your church and it's your, and I'm like, yeah, because it's, if it's something that you believe in. It's our belief. It's our system. It is what all we know. Absolutely. And Top Gun is so much bigger than just cheerleading. We, we strive to make good people because when cheerleading is over, all you're left with is the person that you are. Yes. The cheerleading doesn't matter. When you go outside in the real world, it doesn't matter how many globes you want. It doesn't matter how many rings you have. It doesn't matter how many NCA titles you have. It doesn't matter if you were an infinity legend. It doesn't matter if you won the majors. It matters what kind of person you are. And if you're a good person with good values and morals, then they've done their, they've done their work. They've done their training. They've are done you their on good... work? Are you at work on time? Are you wearing the correct outfit? Like those things... To us is what we really, like she said, try to strive on. And I think that's like what separates from any other gym in the country. Absolutely. What was being on TGLC like? Being on TGLC for me was being able to learn from the best. I can say that with everything inside of me. I simply wanted to learn from Victor and Kristen, the gym owners of Top Gun. And I've looked up to them since I was seven, eight years old, just like you. And I... I knew that there was something that they took so much pride in their program with that I wanted to be a part of. And I knew that there was something different about their teaching techniques that was exactly what I needed in that time, in my time of living. Like you said, there's things that we go through in life and there's more than just cheerleading struggles that you go on through your life. And I felt like it was the perfect time for me to get something different, learn from these people, simply become a better person and overall get the overall experience. Like you said, I mean, it is a world-renowned team and it's a very popular team. And no, we, we don't come here just for the globes or the rings or any of that. We come here for the experience to change people's lives and to do cheerleading that simply changes people's lives. No matter if it's your uncle in the crowd, your sister watching, your grandpa in the crowd, like it's life-changing. At least for me, it was. I know for you, you said that you used to watch TGLC and it's astonishing. It's what every kid dreams to be a part of. It was my last year, it was my super senior year and I just knew that that was the experience I needed since that was the last year I could possibly do it. I was only on it for one year and I felt like I learned more that one season than I did in the other 15 years of my career. So I think that was the best part about being on TGLC. Or what was it like for you being on TGLC for mostly a couple years and yeah, I starting was on, at a young age? I was on large co-ed 
for four years, the best four years of my life. I won a lot. I lost a lot. Most importantly, like you said, Top Gun is an experience and they're always about the show. It's never about the win. It's never about the loss. It's about how you made someone else feel. And Top Gun Large Code's first competition in 2015 at Cheer Sport. That was the first time that I saw little girls mm-hmm. in the crowd crying mm-hmm. because we made them feel some type of way mm-hmm. about cheerleading. They mm-hmm. saw the love and the passion and I was that little girl. Yes. And that's one of the things that Kristen and Victor teach most. You were that kid that wanted to be on this team. Now perform like you saw. Yes. Perform like what you watch and how you wanted it's to be. It's full circle. It really does come full circle. I and love that. I mean, obviously the fame of being on Large Co. It comes along sure, with it. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that was the craziest experience of my life. Like having to open our our practice room doors like, you know, in like the little practice room that you get a competition, yes. like opening the door and just like crowds of Almost people just... being stepped on by people. Yeah, like, like crowds of people or when you get off stage, like there's huddles of little girls just wanting to take your picture. Even if you did awful that day, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you dropped every single stunt. It doesn't matter if you were literally in last place. Those little girls wanted to take a picture of you because you did something so great that they wish they could be a part of. And that's the best part about being on Large Cut. Like, yes. it doesn't matter the win or the loss or the good or the bad. They just wanted to be where you were. Yes. And being on that team for so long, I learned more about myself as an athlete than ever before. I mean, I mean, Victor blew my mind. Yes. I mean, the things that he was teaching and cheerleading, the techniques that he had and the vision that he had for these routines... I was just mind blown. Oh, it's the technique for me. Let's talk about that really quickly. The technique in cheerleading only occurs, I would say, at 50% of the cheer gyms in the country. And even more specifically at Top Gun, it's technique, technique, technique. And some of these other gyms are missing out a little. Absolutely. But that's for another episode. Um, that's what really sparked me was the technique and the teaching and the, the hands-on work that is physically showing you, making you understand what cheerleading should look like. The breakdown. The breakdown of being like, okay, I want you to go up in the air and squeeze. Okay, but now that's what a normal gym would say, right? But Victor would be like, okay, now I want you, when you go up in the air, I want you to think about tucking your hips under, engaging your core, locking that knee to the back wall. and just this corner on this count. On this count. And when you step with your right foot, that should be on this count. I mean, the detail that these coaches in this program go into is absolutely insane. I had never been stuck on a, on a, on a half for, Seven months. Like, Victor, I had a double since I was seven years old, and Victor put me on a half. Oh, you're not and, moving on. In my back handspring for months. And it's for the better. And the way that they, and it's almost not spoon fed, but it's the knowledge that Victor has taken from over the years and gone with it and grew. Yes. And just kept on adding just to it. Just enhancing it. And just. Yep. Taking information from every single source I'm that he could teach take you this, from, but you're gonna go with the rest. Absolutely. It's truly impeccable that one that his brain works like that. He always says that it's a blessing and a curse, but I think it's just a blessing in disguise. Yes. That's the word that I would use. Yes, because at the end of the day, it always works out in their favor, and on not just large coed, but with Lady Jags and Double O, and even our younger teams. That's what Kane and I with our junior two and our other teams. We know we both coach a level one. We are really trying to make them understand the technique and how important it is. So let's bounce off of that. So now switching over to the coaching standpoint, we both decided, okay, let's let's coach some kids. Let's coach cheerleading. Let's coach exactly what we've been taught. What do you think the best thing about switching over from an athlete to a coach perspective was here at Top Gun? It was definitely a hard lesson to learn because both of us, we were both coaching and an athlete at the same time. So, and I think that was an easy transition to help us be the coaches that we are today. Absolutely. 
but being both at the same time. Oh boy. You see what a coach sees, but then when you're an athlete on your team, it's hard not to be the coach at the same time. So you need to be able to have that double sided mind and be able to click on and off when you're a coach, when you're an athlete. Not mm-hmm. saying that th- that's impossible, but we will both sit here and say that it's it's difficult. It is hard because you've got that coach's brain now and and especially if you're a choreographer yes. and you're doing both I know that I struggled with it immensely and I also leaving the athlete side and then just coaching, I I went full cold turkey on yeah. it. I Once I had quit, I was like, I'm never doing it again. I'm just going to coach and going on two years of just now coaching. And let me tell you, it's mentally draining, but so immensely rewarding. I think now it's more rewarding than being an athlete. Yes. I think my biggest thing is I've always wanted my kids to feel what I felt. The exact same emotions. What I felt as an athlete. Being so passionate about cheer, being in it, watching the YouTube videos, watching things on Instagram. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> being passionate about cheerleading because there's some that say, oh, I love cheerleading. And there's, there's a difference between loving cheer and being passionate about cheer. Yes. Kane and I are passionate about cheer. We are literally making a podcast <laughs> right now. Sitting here, cheer, cheer, cheer. Like literally just about competitive cheer because we are passionate. We are die hard cheer fans. We go to a competition weekend, we sit at home for the next three days watching teams and judging our own teams and seeing what we liked, what we didn't yes. like. Coming for those teams that didn't hit that should have hit, Ooh. or looking at the score sheets of like, why did they score that when they looked like that? Yes. Like you need to be that involved in order for it to actually be successful for what you want. It needs to be your main priority. Like Absolutely. And we were definitely more passionate about cheer than anything else, whether it was school, whether it was other sports. It obviously drew us in from a very young age, yes. and we were passionate from a young age is why now we are where we are. We knew that this is what our career and this is what our path in life needed to be was cheerleading. Absolutely. I'll never look back. I'll never do anything else. We nope. definitely we def- yeah. played different sports. We just were throwing back handsprings and throwing round of tucks in the outfield when I was playing softball. I'm in my football pads, completely doing skating backs, <laughs> like, in the fourth quarter, absolutely. In the fourth quarter? <laughs> yes, like, ready to go to cheer practice Not the after. the fourth quarter. Yes. Y'all about to lose anyways, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we were. Literally. Now, I have a question. I have an answer. <laughs> Now, when you were young, did you ever think that you would be where you are today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember being six years old in the grass like, Mommy, I will be a gym owner. I will be working in the cheerleading industry. Obviously, as I grew up, I'm like, I want to be a dentist. I want to be a baker. Um, did all those. But I was just thinking about this before we started this podcast. Like, what? How did I know that cheerleading was truly for me? And the whole time I was doing all these sports or hobbies or deciding what I wanted to do as a career, I I always got back to the cheerleading. I always was literally turning around and doing a cartwheel after or counting five, six, seven, eight. And like, no, I want to go watch cheerleading. I don't want to think about this other, you know what I mean? It was always that back of my mind, this is going to happen. And so I think that's why I just put so much time and effort into it is because since a young age, I knew that this was something I always, I mean, in elementary school, I'm writing, I'm trying to draw out a cheer gym. Like, this is going to be me. I'm going to own this cheer gym. This is what I want to be, you know? the typical project, it was probably about cheerleading or I'm coloring some cheerleading uniform that's sparkly on me. So yes, I did from a young age know that this is what I wanted to do. Obviously, I didn't know it would be to this extreme and to this extent, and I am forever blessed for what I'm able to do now. Um, But I do think that I've always, it's always been cheerleading for me and it's always, I'll do it until I die. Like, I'm really going to stand by that. That's I have to agree with that statement. I, like you said, from a young age, like Top Gun was my goal. Top Gun was it for me. Like, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I could have done this. Yeah, I could have done like ortho. Yeah, I could have done, you know, you know, other things, I guess, like whatever else I was good at. But in even school, like school just wasn't for me. Like my mom was pulling me out of school hours early to go take this two hour, two hour drive to Chicago to go to practice and two hours back like she was just as dedicated as I was and then once I finally made it to Top Gun I was like this is it I made it yep I did my lifelong goal and dream and yeah and I've got other it. I, and make it make it better yes. and that's 
And I think that was such a great thing about cheerleading is that there's so many things that you can be a part of in the cheerleading industry that some people don't even know about. Absolutely. Like, I think that we've now doing this podcast and creating something that's putting our own footprint in the cheer industry and putting our own footprint into Top Gun and being the first ever duo to do something like this yes. is really... I never even dreamed of making a podcast. I'm not very confident in the okay. way that I do speeches. Yeah. I've never been the one that is able to like stand up in front of a crowd and speak. Okay. Obviously we're not speaking in front of a crowd. Obviously hopefully we'll get viewers, maybe not. <laughs> but we You hope- must watch this. You must yeah, listen to you this. You must watch Kane and I. <laughs> you must listen. You must listen to the entire thing. No, we're just kidding. But I mean, I never thought, like you said, to this extreme, I never thought that I would be a coach at Top Gun. I thought I would just cheer a few years and then go to college and then right. live on, like, go on with my life and never cheer again. But when Top Gun gives you that opportunity to coach in one of the longest running gyms in the entire, the entire world industry, yes. and one of the gyms that has the biggest impact. We have to share it. You have to. You yeah. have to run with it and go with it and give it all you got. I think it's important to, again, show that there's so much more to cheerleading than just rah, 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 let's clap throw, it up and then go throw home. Throw a few and skills and do a routine. Play. There's so many opportunities in this industry, and there's a judge, a dance choreographer, a just tumbling instructor or gym director. There's so many business things and opportunities, like I said, that you can have. And I think it's important for others that may be wanting to do the same thing that we're doing or become a gym owner or a choreographer. It's it a, is possible. It is. If you just set your mind to it and you really just... You put your time in. Absolutely. Do do everything in your power. It's just like anything else in life. You put in the work and you manifest it and you talk about it and you make a vision board and you put it down on paper and you just keep talking about it. One day it's going to happen. Yes. Kate and I have been talking about this podcast for months now. Months. It was yes. brought to us by somebody that doesn't even cheer at all. Yes. And... That person seeing our passion about this sport, not even a cheerleader, total basketball player, yes. like, was like, you guys should do this. You guys are passionate about it enough. Like, you guys are knowledgeable. And I We're think like, coming from you, it's, yes. you guys are young, you guys are in it enough, you're, you know, always watching it, you're always trying to make yourselves better. Like, it's really a good idea. And here we are, sitting here, recording this podcast. So, so believe in yourself. Go for it. Do it. Because at the end of the day, you'll never know if you didn't try. Right. Now, random question. What did your family think of you cheering? When I started, my parents at the time were still together. So it was kind of stereotypical. The brother plays baseball. I also did all the other sports. I did football, baseball, roller hockey, swimming, soccer. I did all those. But obviously I knew in my back of my mind that cheering was it. And I kind of had the point of... One parent was into it, one parent was not. So it was interesting to see how all the relationships in the family were kind of affected when one is not so supportive of it and one is very supportive of it. And Because that's real. It is. I mean, that's not everyone. It's very stereotypical, like you said. Like, not everyone thinks that competitive cheer is what it is. And especially being a male in that sport at the time of me starting was not... It was not. And that will definitely be something else that we talk about on our podcast, Absolutely. which will be for a different episode. I've already wrote it down in our notes. Being young and being a boy in cheerleading makes fathers and mothers and grandparents and oh, other family absolute. members like feel some type of way. You, auto- you automatically think, oh, they're going to be gay. Don't put them in that sport. I mean, how are you going to say that cheerleading is a gay sport? Wrestling. Let's use wrestling for example. Oh. I mean, think about <laughs> it. I'm not going to go into the, the dirty details, but think about it. Like, you've got boys on top of each other. Yeah, it's not in that way. Football players, you're literally tackling each other. You're all on top of each other. Like, those things, like, if you think about it that way, shame on you. It's all perspective. It's, like he said, all perspective. You can't judge a book by its cover. At the end of the day, I know lots of males in our sport that aren't gay. Our own gym owner has a wife and two kids. Correct. He is not gay. Right. We have lots of people on our staff that are not gay, and they are cheerleaders, and they take it just as seriously as every other sport, just as tense as 
football, yes. soccer, baseball, wrestling, rugby. I mean, the list can go on. It saddens me to think that people, even parents, judge their own children for wanting to do something. It sometimes they... truly almost destroys the family sometimes and then their relationships. And that's, that's the like she said, the, the saddest part is that it sometimes divides families all because of someone's interest or because they want to become a cheerleader or get to the top level of this sport. It's it's insane that all it takes is for one child to say, Daddy, Mommy, I want to do this, and suddenly they're not supportive of that, and that could go on for years. But I think in my case, like I said, at a young age, it was at that point. Now, as I got older, things got a lot easier, actually. My father was a lot more supportive of it. They kind of, you start to grow up, and they understand, okay, well, this is something that my child is really, really into, and I kind of have no choice but to be supportive. If I love my child that much, then I don't really have a choice. And I think that was a beautiful part that I got to eventually mature and understand, okay, my parents are understanding that I I do love this and it's something that I'm going to do forever. So at first it was difficult. I will say at a young age, I'm considering like, oh my goodness, should I even be doing this? Like, they're not into it, so maybe I shouldn't be doing it. But as you get older, hopefully, in the best cases, you know what I mean, it's they become supportive. Now, there's also other families that may never come to realization that this is what their child wants to truly do and what's really right for them. I mean, every parent says, oh, I know what's right for my child and all of that. I think it's just, it's important that you just find that yourself. And even if that parent's not for it and if they're not supportive of you, it's, I'm sorry, but it's still important to do exactly what you love and to go for whatever you choose to in your life. Absolutely. And do you think that the caliber that you were at and the skills that you had and the talent that you had made it a little bit better for them to understand and accept it? Absolutely. They understood that I'm not just walking into the gym to say, five, six, seven, eight, pom-pom shake. You know what I mean? They're seeing these videos and they're realizing, okay, wow, I've never seen that before. That looks like some legit stuff. Like, let's call it a sport. You know what I mean? And specifically, it was harder for my father because he loved to see me in all the other sports. But then as I got to that elite level and really started like captivating my skills, he was like, okay, this makes sense. This is kind of dope. And I think that was like some of the best, like happiest moments for me, like being like, wow, accepted. And they understand that I love what I'm doing and that I'm getting kind of good at it. And that was, that was what really made me like realize, okay, I'm gonna do this. I can do this. I almost had like the okay now for my parents. I'm going to stick with this. I love this. So I think it was it was definitely an exciting time for me as they're accepting it. Um, I have a quick another question for you. It's kind of like a two-part question. Give me your favorite part about cheerleading and your least favorite part. Now are we talking overall in any aspect? Let's Or say... are we talking like just like routines or practices because you got to be a little cheerleading overall cheerleading in the industry i want your favorite part and your least favorite part you're putting me on the spot here kane oh yeah cheerleading overall is great do i think that there are flaws in our system by i mean the way i think that our industry is ran as a whole yes Do I think that there are changes being made for the better? Yes. I think that a lot can be changed in our sport. I think the way that competitions are ran can be changed. I think that the way that our rules are set could be changed. I think about the way that our governing body works could be changed. So overall, the authority and the processing of the industry itself could be the least favorite part, okay? Yes. So give me your overall favorite part now. I have to say that my favorite part about cheerleading is obviously performing. I think that competitions and performing and being in that in that place with all these people, especially like worlds. I like to use worlds and NCA. Those are like my two favorite competitions because everyone is there for the same purpose, is to do great. And I think that the support that is there for every team, obviously you have those cheering ons, you have, you know, cheer updates who are there to tell you, you know, when you did bad or whatever. But I think being an athlete and being in that 
arena in that moment in, in that moment like seconds is the best is when you know you're in the NCA arena every team in your division is around you and you're competing and they're cheering you on the sportsmanship obviously it's competitive and obviously you don't want the other team to win but you obviously want them to do great and being in an in an area like that where everyone is supporting each other there's nothing like it i mean just the inspiration that's in the air and right. the performance and the the motivation to be the best and is unlike any other feeling. But what about you? I would have to say my favorite part, I'm weird. I'm more of like a practice type girl. I love the fact that we're in practice multiple times a week, stuck in the same box with the same people in the same area. I feel like I've learned some of the best things right there in practice in those matter of the three hours i think so i think practices were way more rewarding yes than competing so i have to agree with you on that i love i didn't even i didn't even go into that like realm i think that practices are like so private and like i love it so like sacred i you love know it what I, mean? I love it i absolutely it's your agree. box the doors are closed no one knows what's going on and it's just your time to almost not be as stressed as the comp time. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's certain people and times where you can be not stressed at a competition, and it's a lot easier to just kind of go through the motion. It's a quick day. You can just do your performance and stuff like that. But I just think it's interesting how we're just repping out all of these skills at practice with the same people, mostly in the same practice wear, sweating it out, looking absolutely insane. I feel bad for my teammates. They have seen me. They saw me me at the worst. They've seen me at my absolute worst. I mean, dripping in sweat, especially in Top Gun, in the Miami heat of summer, dripping in sweat. You're slipping off of each other. You're rubbing up against each other all sweaty. And you're truly learning from me. That's where you're really breaking down, okay, how can I fix this? Okay, how am I going to improve on this? Okay, this is what I'm doing correctly. Before you even go to these competitions, um, I would say that a practice is kind of my favorite part. And the least favorite part is, I think, the negative connotation that comes with it. Just the, like, it's still not being a sport in people's minds and just people not knowing the true reality of it, which is why I'm just so excited for this podcast because we can get that out to the world and show the the truth of it and what it really entails. But I, I just, I think the least favorite part of cheerleading for me is that people get the wrong intentions of it. And even after all these years, some people still don't get don't it. Get it. <laughs> they just don't understand what it's like. It, I mean, it's just like every other sport. I mean, you put just as much time, Absolutely. if not more. I mean, yeah, the football players do the two-a-days, basketball players do the two-a-days, but if you were to walk into a competitive cheerleading gym and really watch one of like the highest, even like the lowest level teams. I my J one condition is more than large Cohen. I mean, they do bear crawls up and down the floors for for hours, hours and hours and hours. It is intense, and I really think that, like he said, people don't understand the intensity behind it because you only watch the performance, you only watch the the uniforms, the bows, the glitter, and like. The good things about it. We have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. Absolutely. You don't understand that your coaches are reaming you for the filth two hours before you just walked on that floor. Okay, you might have been crying. You might have been yakking at practice because it's so hot. You, this is your seventh full out. And full outs are just as hard as basketball practices. Yeah, you run up and down the court every single time. But are you flipping and jumping and holding people over your head? And yeah... You can run and up and I'm down sorry, the court for two in hours. Any other sport, you get a break. You know what I mean? You're running down the soccer field. You're like, oh, I can dive my shoe really quick. I've got a couple seconds. Like, there's no break. You got two minutes and thirty seconds of high movement, speed. Line, space. You've got to get to this spot. You've got to go. You got to. And go. it's not just physical. It's, it's mental. I would think that. I mean, just like any sport, any sport is mental if you just put your mind to it. But at the same time, cheerleading is both physical and mental and if you forget one counter you forget to go on that one space on that count you're likely going to get hit by that double whip double coming across the front yes like so i think it's interesting that i think cheerleaders and 
elite all-star cheerleaders have those they have I, to me they have the special ability to be able to get all of these things processed in their brain everything is so quick and fast and yes like she said in other sports it's also fast but i don't think you quite have as much time to process all of these things chain linked up all formations all counts and be able to do that the exact same every single time every single maybe week or every other week it's just it's repetitive but it's also intricate absolutely i was always that girl like when people wouldn't understand like what i was doing like i'll never forget like my freshman year some kid in my like math class tried to come for me and say that like cheerleading wasn't a sport i put that stuff up on the whiteboard and said you go ahead and watch i'm gonna let you watch this routine real quick and then you can tell me and of course it was talking large go 2014 i said go on and watch this real quick and then you tell me if cheerleading is not a sport i got everyone in that classroom to shut up real quick because they said Oh my God, I've never seen anything like that before. How'd they do that? I don't even know where to watch. Exactly. Because the way that top, or not just talking routines, all cheerleading routines are set up. You are motioning through, standing, tumbling. You are throwing baskets while tumbling is happening. Like there's just so much happening at one time. You're like, how does that one person just remember all those things to do at one yes, time? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes, it's truly beautiful. It's truly a talent. It's truly something that only cheerleaders can do. High-end elite athletes that are in our sport can do. It's just facts. Yep, and there's only a select, not a select few, but it's difficult to find a true genuine person that can do all of those things for a consistent amount of years. And you're able to train people to do that, but to us, it's only a certain amount of people that truly get it. And that's what we talk about is like the type of people who are so into the sport and so dedicated to it that you can tell that they get it. You can tell that they understand what needs to be happening, what shouldn't be happening in the sport, what's going to be happening. And I think the beauty of cheerleading, not just being able to mentally and physically do the skills that are required, but to also perform like, I think that if you can stunt, tumble, jump, and then on top, perform your butt off, like, eating the girls down, like, in, and I can see you from the top of the arena, and you're making me feel some type of way, that is truly impressive. If you can tumble, stunt, and do all these things, and also have a smile on your face, Absolutely. and do it with ease, there's that person will stand out in, in, on a team. Absolutely. Why is Serena Williams not giving me face when she's on the court? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that Osaka girl. Like, she's giving me straight face the entire time. Giving me like, some emotion. But, like, no, me. like, straight face. Like, giving me bland, giving me, like, rye bread, the stuff that no one touches at the dinner table. Like, right. Love her, though. You no, know, no, congrats she's on eating. Your, congrats You're, on yeah, your open Girl. Window. Girl. <laughs> I watched that. You were eating me down. Absolutely. You were eating the girls like, give down. Give us a little face. Spice it but up like, a little, you know? Maybe when you were, like, laying on the court and staring into the sky like every best tennis player does, like, maybe smile. Bow maybe a little kiss happy. to the camera, you know? <laughs> give us a little personality. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's important that your, your brain is capable of doing all of these things in that small amount of time. We're going to keep repeating that two minutes, 30 seconds. Just because that, that time has been set for years and years and it's always going to be that time of basically a routine and it's, it's so cool that all of that happens in such a quick amount of time. Um, let's talk about kind of some of our intentions with this podcast and what we're kind of looking forward to, what we what would love to accomplish with this. I think that this is the not the first cheerleading podcast, but I think the first true competitive cheer, all-star cheer getting down to the nitty gritty. Yes. Like we want to talk about like competition recaps. We want to bring some of the most successful choreographers and coaches and athletes on this podcast and talk about their experiences yes. and what, you know, just their knowledge and what they know about cheer and their perspective on what their all-star cheerleading has been like. And some of them now have went from athlete to coach and, or they were just coaches, or they only did college cheer, and what was that like? We really want to get every aspect of what all-star cheer is and what it really means 
to others and get it out there. I think with cheer on Netflix, that was just like in the water Absolutely. of what real cheerleading is. I'm not saying that high school cheer and middle school and rec and college isn't the same, but I think that college is the closest thing you're gonna get to all-star, but no one has really tapped into that specific area of cheerleading because it is so broad. Yeah, we've done it on ESPN. Yeah, we've done it on CBS Sports, but you only watch it if your daughter was on it and you're pressing record because yeah. you're saving on your DVR right. to watch it later. <laughs> like, that's the only way people know about it now. And I think that Cheer on Netflix has really brought it to life. But there's still some missing pieces that we need to we need to tap into yes and for us I feel like if you're gonna choose to be in this industry in this sport and if you're gonna decide hey I want to sign my daughter up for cheerleading and it's all-star cheerleading you need to be fully informed and you need to be fully committed to this and I don't think I think there's still certain people that get into it and it's kind of just eh, it's the hobby it's the I'm just gonna go to practice and nothing against that but I don't think that's the right intentions I think you need to be full swing just like any other sport. Any other sport. So I think it's important for us to inform people, like she said, of the realness that goes on. I mean, there's so many current events, social media things that we can still talk about. It's so important to really get down to what's going on in this industry, especially since we feel like we've experienced so much of it. Absolutely. I mean, you've been cheering for how many years total? Uh, 17 years, been in it 19? Yeah, I think I've been in it for 15 years. And that's that's a long time. And there's there's even other people who've been in it longer, like our gym owners. They've been in it 30 plus years. Like Top Gun's been around for 27 years. Our owners cheered in college. Like they they are the people that understand our sport. And no one has ever done something like this to really get it out there. And I think with both canonized backgrounds and the gym that we're at and the connections we have with the industry. We would love with, to share that with you guys. Absolutely. I think with all the people that we've cheered with that are now coaches yeah. are people that we want to have on this podcast. Gym owners, we want to have you on this podcast. I know that everyone that will be listening to this will be like, oh yeah, like they will do it or they'll say that they'll have these people. No, we're really going to have these people on. Like, <laughs> I will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that this podcast is amazing and it really shows what competitive cheer is the good the bad yes. you know the beautiful the ugly everything needs to be told and i think there's a lot of things that are hidden from the rest of the world that need to be shared and even things that are hidden from the cheer world that need to be shared and things are always talked over social media but nothing is actually talked about in person but guess what we're gonna chat about it oh we're chatting about we're it and we can um cheers to that cheers to that <laughs> Bink. All right, y'all. Well, that is all we have for our first podcast. We will be back. We're just getting literally started. We will be back with more. More than you probably want. More than you probably even should hear. But yes, are you going to listen to it? Absolutely. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Um, like I said, I am Taylor Shapiro. I'm Kane Rosenquist. And we are super excited to have you guys with us. Be back for our next episode We will be posting it, so get ready. We will be giving you the tea. So, cheers to that. Cheers to that, ladies.